Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Okay, so video number two, we are talking all about volatility in the market. What the heck is going on? Now, again, not financial advice. I'm not your financial advisor. Do your own research. This is for educational purposes in order to help you make sense of the turbulence, the volatility, and what's been happening in the regular investment world. Video number three, which we will link up below, is going to be all about what's going on with crypto. In case you're using that as one of your main investment vehicles, you're thinking about crypto, anything of that sort. So for today, we're talking about the regular stock market. Okay, what's been going on in the macro economy, the global economy, the world economy, and some of the major things that have been influencing some of the prices and the volatility that we have been seeing in the market. If you missed video number one, I want you to go back. It's going to be linked up below for you. And I was talking about um, questions that you need to ask yourself. Okay, questions that you need to ask yourself when you are investing. So whether you're already invested in the market or you're about to invest in the market, the four key questions that you or your financial advisor must be asking you and that you should be reevaluating right now because you may need to make adjustments based off of your answers. Okay, so this video part two is now all about what do I do now that I've assessed those four criteria that I already talked about, go back and, and re-listen, re-watch um, if you need to. Okay, so here's what I want to share. And we're going to try and whiteboard this and see how that works. Um, hopefully that helps in just a minute. So number one, what I want you to think about. So we talked very, very briefly, and I'll mention it here again. When people are talking about a bull market, a bull market are like the horns of the bull. It means that the market is going up, okay? A bear market, when people refer to that, it means bear down, okay, bear down. And so the market is going down. That's very, very brief, as quick and dirty as I can make that explanation, okay? So help, hopefully that little um, bit will rem remind you the bull horn, we're talking about an, an up market. Now, that's what we have experienced in the two years or so since COVID. Now, when COVID happened, there was a short little blip that happened on the stock exchanges all around the world that within a period of two months, very short duration, but high intensity, the markets crashed to such a level that we have not experienced since like decades, almost a century, okay? So it impacted everybody across the board. Now, in video number one, we talked a lot about risk and volatility. Today, we're digging into volatility in the market. So right now, I want you to think, two years ago, I know it feels like a long time, but two years ago, 
When the markets dipped down, what did you do? What was your natural reaction? Did you run for the hills? Were you afraid? Did you put more money in? Or did you do nothing? And maybe you did something in between those, like a combination of these things. No judgment here. Again, this is really just for your purposes to evaluate what did you do and to connect them to what's happening right now and what choices or decisions make the most sense for you moving forward. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to definitely help create some clarity so that you can make decisions that you are happy with, okay? that you understand and you can stand by and you can like lean into without fear, without judgment, without shame, without guilt, without any of those negative emotions that can often come with money. So two years ago, what did you do? Now, I'm going to share a quick story because um, if you missed video number one, and this is your first time chatting with me, my name is Susan McVeigh. I'm a business sales expert, and I spent almost 20 years working for a global 300 finance company, helping clients specifically with building their wealth. Okay, so that's what I did day in and day out with my teams, uh, working with clients closely, literally from when I started in the morning until when I left in a non-traditional sales environment. So yes, I sold the clients, but I ultimately helped them achieve their dreams, okay, through financial instruments, through financial um, means. So I'm very much an expert in this area but I am not licensed. I am not your financial advisor. I am not giving you financial advice. I'm giving you education and information that hopefully will help you to make the decisions that you need, whether you're working with a financial advisor or not, in order to feel empowered about the choices that you're making about your money. So over the course of my career, because I have always done what I teach and I talk about, I've always been invested in the market. Every single paycheck, like clockwork, money would go in. So we didn't have any extra cash. Uh, every dollar was accounted for. Every dollar had an assignment. I very much believe that if money doesn't have a place to go, it literally will just disappear. And so if that's you right now, comment below. No shame in that. I may have a resource that might help you, my ABCs of Building Wealth ebook. That being said, if so all throughout my career, I had always had money just regularly invested. That meant that any time, because I have been through multiple recessions over the course of my life and my career in particular, um, we didn't, I didn't have any extra cash. It was all in the market. So I just kind of had to ride it out, take my own medicine, do what I said I was going to do and wait, right? Just keep investing because I have already evaluated the four key criteria and questions that I talked about in video number one, and I was not going to change my behavior. I was not going to change my portfolio. It didn't make sense because nothing other than the macro environment, what was going on around me in the e economy had shifted. I was still the same. So two years ago, we were in a very unusual opportunity because we had sold our old house and we're still looking for a new house. And so we had cash. And I remember that all throughout my career, I had always wanted more cash at the time that the market had dipped because my risk tolerance is such that that's a behavior that I am okay with. When markets go down, me personally, I will reinvest because I believe in what I invested in. 
that may not fit for you. But for me, that was my belief. Okay, that is my preference. That is my investor profile. But I didn't have any extra cash. So two years ago, we did. And so as soon as the markets, I honored my word, right? I honored the commitment that I have made years before. And we called up our investment advisor, our portfolio manager, and said, put it in, invest it. Because we were holding on to it in order to buy our house. Now, we did not put it all in. I'm not going to tell you what we invested in or any of that sort of thing, because that's really not important. What I want you to get from this story, from this example, is that because of my risk tolerance, I behaved in a certain way. That behavior may or may not match for you. What I want you to do right now is to assess, given the volatility of the market two years ago, and then again now, has your behavior changed? And if yes, why? Has there, something, has there been something that's been um, done in your life that has created a new opportunity for a different risk profile? And if you don't really understand anything what, I, what I'm talking about because you missed video number one, please pause right now, go and listen to video number one in its entirety because this will make a lot more sense and will help you more than just diving into this one, okay? If you already know what I'm talking about and you're, you're following me, fabulous, just keep going with me. So if you right now are in two boats usually, and there's a spectrum, but there's going to be two extremes. You either rejoiced because you can buy more of what you're already invested in or what you wanted to invest in, but you were waiting for the right time. And you're like, now is the time you're over here. Okay. Bucket number one. If you're going, man, you guys are crazy. I don't even know how you can sleep at night. And you are like, I just want to take all my money out of all the things and run for the hills and curl up in a little ball and never look at a chart or not listen to the news ever again, your bucket number two, okay? One or two. Now I'm giving you extreme examples in order to paint a picture. You can be very, very risk averse or very, very risk tolerant, okay? Which really, and I, again, I'm simplifying this, means that you can handle a lot of volatility or very, very little. Now, based off of your investment experience in the past, you should have a very good idea of where you fall into that spectrum. But if you've never invested before, we're going to talk a little bit more about this at the end of this video um, for specific like stock market sort of regular investments. And then we'll talk about this again in crypto investments in video number three. So in case you're you've been dabbling or thinking about crypto, come and join me in video number three if that is a topic that you want me to break down because I'm going to talk a little bit more about market volatility and what's happened in that market in the next video. So for right now, there are two major accelerants to the stock market, the global economy, okay? Now, keep in mind that what I just shared is two years ago with COVID, we had a similar drop. Everybody was calling it a recession. But by definition, technically, it didn't last long enough to be a, a full recession. However, the, the intensity of it, like the depth of the drop, kind of qualifies as a recession. 
So you'll hear different people talk about it in different ways, okay? So the, for the purposes of what we're gonna talk about, I'm not really going to refer to it as a recession because it doesn't really fit, but it is a drop in the market. So I'm going to whiteboard now, and hopefully this will help make a little more sense of what's been going on. So in, uh, let's say March, April, okay, of 2020 until uh, I think end of May, June, right? So just in a few months, the market went from like it was up here and then it started coming back, okay? This was really all related to this cause mass hysteria. So this had nothing else to do with the underlying investments. So the things that made money, the businesses were still making money, which is why they started to go back up here. Okay. So the value of these individual investments for the most part, still held true. Because remember, we don't buy um, investments in small size companies generally, right? Like if you are a small online e-com store, you are not going to have a way for people to invest directly in your business. They buy your products and services, but they don't buy your company. We buy shares in something like Apple, right? Our phones. We buy shares in the companies that then keep our economy going. And that took a dive because people were scared. So the markets operate based off of market sentiment, which essentially means how do people feel about the money that's going around in the world? <laughs> now, that's a very oversimplified way of explaining it. But essentially, um, you can do all the technical analysis in the world, but human beings will do what human beings do, which is they react to things going on in their lives. They react to things going on in the world. They react to things that are happening that could impact them and create fear, uncertainty, doubt, and threaten their safety. So what do we need in order to feel safe and to buy the things that keep us safe? Money. So when people feel threatened, they immediately take money out of the market. And that's what we experienced here. Now, there were a lot of people, and I just shared with you my story, that were waiting and looked at, there's an opportunity to buy the things that I value, the companies and the investments that still have value and buy them on sale, okay? Because remember, this is like this level and this level. This is now on sale at a discount. If you've ever heard buy, uh, buy low, sell high, that's where this comes from. But as experience would teach most of us, including myself, just helping clients do this for so long, the vast majority of people actually buy high and then sell as it's going down. 
Now, I want you to be honest with yourself because no judgment here. When things started to slide in the market, and this has been going on not just for a short period of time, but in the recent few days in particular, um, there has been bigger shifts happening in the market, in the stock market, in the global market, um, with foreign exchanges as well, right? Precious metals, all kinds of different investment options. So at this point, what we typically would think of as safe is there really is no safe haven, okay? And so the areas that people would be investing in, and this is why we're gonna be talking about crypto in the next video, is influencing which options people have in order to create safety, certainty, and to feel like there's some security with their investment, given their risk tolerance and given their goals and their objectives. So when COVID happened, when things shifted in this time frame, because remember, investment experience is a good indicator of what type of behavior you might be demonstrating and might be demonstrating now or that your risk tolerance has shifted because you're doing different things. So at this time, did you sell? Again, no judgment, but it's important that you understand how to evaluate yourself so that you can make different choices if you want different outcomes. If you don't want different outcomes, that's totally fine too. Okay, if you're happy with what's going on, then you don't need to make any changes. But chances are you're watching this with me right now because you need to make changes and you're not quite sure what to do. And so you're looking for education to help you understand what your pattern of behavior is and has been. And so that's why I'm asking you these questions. So when this happened, did you sell? Did you sell? And it's okay if the answer is yes, because remember the vast majority of people, that's what they do. They have to, because if they didn't, this wouldn't have happened in the market, okay? So you are not outside of the norm if you actually did sell. Now it's just a matter of where did you sell, okay? So this downturn, at what point did you sell, okay? So here's what I want everybody to understand. Go write it underneath. Your losses are not real. They're only realized on a sale. So until you sell the thing that you just bought, if you believe that it has value and your four criteria have not changed, then all that, all things being equal, again, making this very general, then it generally would not make sense for you to sell what you already believe in because it's going to go down and it will come back up. It's just a matter of when and how long and how much. And that's why that risk tolerance of like plus or minus, right? Whether it's 15%, whether it's 5%, this is so important to know for yourself, right? What are you willing to accept? Because it could go negative. It could swing, right? And there's certain risk things that can happen that can expose your risk even more, amplify that risk, okay? 
Leverage is one of them. So, or margin. So when you hear people saying there is a margin call or I'm over leveraged, it means that you have borrowed money. When you borrow money, you still have to pay what you borrowed, even if it goes to zero, even if it goes to zero. And that's why it can go negative. Um, but it can also just go negative in that if you went from zero to let's say $1,000 and then you lost it all back again, you would be in the negative territory. Meaning like your gains that you got are now less. And although it doesn't feel real, well, although you haven't realized it yet because gains are only realized on the sale as well, people are funny in that all of a sudden it feels like you already have the money. And so when you lose it, it actually feels like you lost money. Does that make sense? So this amplification process means that you need to have, generally speaking, more risk to be able to do this. Okay. If depending on your financial institution, they may not allow you to leverage your margin without certain criteria. You may need to fill in more paperwork. There may be certain things that need to be done because it increases risk. Okay. Because you have to still pay back the money. You have to be able to make sure that if you take out a $10,000 loan, that you can still pay back the loan, even if that money that you have invested now goes to zero because you're actually in the hole because now you actually have to pay the 10,000 plus interest that is going to continue to accrue on this money. Make sense? So in this time horizon, did you, what did you do? Because that'll give you a good indicator to, did you do the same thing recently as you've been noticing that the markets are being as volatile as they have been here? Now, remember, this happened within a very short time frame. This is the time down here, okay? This is performance up here. This happened within a very short window of time. In the recent weeks, this has been more a more gradual curve. You know, like that, dotted. So it's still going down. A little more gradual effect is still somewhat the same. Because at this point, you've probably, even if you weren't paying attention to before, you probably have known that, oh my gosh, something is happening. If you're working with an investment advisor, chances are they've sent you out communication to alleviate some fears, some worries, some doubts, to give you some education, like here's what's going on in the market. You may have gotten a phone call. You may have been asked to like come in and check in, uh, depending on, again, your risk tolerance because of this. So what are you currently concerned about right now? If I can help you, comment below. Um, I'm more than happy to explain in more videos educationally. Again, can't give you specific investment advice on your portfolio, so please don't ask me those types of questions because I'm not your advisor. I am not uh, giving financial advice, but I definitely can help educate around basic principles and more advanced principles of investing and what's going on in the market in order to clarify and give you the tools that you need in order to make better investment choices, okay? Because that's what this is all about. So 
as we go through this, then what were the decisions that you have made? Are they aligned to those four criteria? So I talked about, let's just get this off. Okay, so right now, there are two major things. So we talked about the fact that people act irrationally and that markets always go up and down, always go up and down, always go up and down. So if that happens then, because two years ago we had this happen. Two years ago became a little blip. So the markets really are going up and down kind of all the time. Okay. Depending on what you're invested in, you may see bigger swings or you may see little swings like this. Okay. A little itty bitties. If we took a trend line from here, this is time. Okay. This is performance. Overall, we are going up. It is not a straight line. Over time, the more time that you give it, the more likely you are to be ahead. Okay. Now, if you invested right over here, you would still be ahead over here. But if you invested over here, you would not be happy because you would just be a straight line down. And that may have been your situation recently. Okay, especially if we're thinking about the crypto market, possibly. We will talk about that in the third video below. So the two main things that are going on right now with the market that has created, remember, when markets drop, sure, there could be fundamentals. I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm not a technical analyst. That's not my background. So I'm not going to go into the nuts and bolts of that. I am a human behaviorist at the core with all the work that I have done and now through sales and because of my background in finance and wealth building, I understand how those two kind of work together. And really at the core, it's a human being that is driving all of this, right? So remember what I said, that markets sentiment is how we feel about the, the market in general. Like, how do we feel? Do we feel positive? Do we feel negatively? What's the sentiment for specific investments? And then for the market as a whole, the market as a whole is a little bit precarious because there's two major things going on that at the time of March, 2020, right? That period where all of a sudden things happened in order to pull that market back up, mostly governmentally introduced. Okay, the government's injected a whole bunch of cash into the economy because people started to pull money out of the market. That's what happened. When you start like to uninvest and the markets drop, people start hoarding their cash. So when people hoard their cash, it is not necessarily a good thing. And the government stimulated the economy by putting more money out. They kept investments or interest rates really low in the hopes that people would continue to spend money because it costs so little to be able to do so. And people did. People have. The last two years been a bull run. Okay. So that little blip, although it was very drastic in that 
two to three month period right after March of 2020 basically has been eliminated from our memory, <laughs> right? I mean, let's, let's kind of keep it real here. So right now, inflation has been rising to unprecedented amounts. And in fact, you know, people have been talking about the fact that the, the documented data of inflation, depending on where you are in the world, is not necessarily the real inflation of how it hits the individual consumer and their pocketbooks, what it actually takes and costs for them to spend. It's ginormously up, right? The cost of food, the cost of gas, the cost of living, like just being able to get certain things. And there's been a whole whack of things that have happened in the background that are interrelated to this front-facing number, right? Supply chain issues, shortages, labor, all the great resignation, all kinds of things are impacting inflation. Inflation is the top line that we see that we're like, ooh, we talk about it, sounds sexy, but then sometimes we don't think about all the things that have led up to this moment, okay? So it's interrelated. So inflation is definitely one of the pressure points that we are experiencing right now that is shifting the macro economy and you and I in the microeconomy, regardless of what you do today, whether you're a business owner, a business professional, it does not matter because we are all part of this ecosystem called life. So inflation is number one. Number two, the war. So again, I don't know where you are in the world. I'm in Canada. Most of my clients are global, but the bulk of them are in Canada and the US. And regardless of where we are, we cannot ignore the impact that war and having the opportunity for a global impact uh, that's already started, the fear that's attached to that uncertainty can have. It's already impact, and again, interrelated with inflation because Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. So with already looming prices for a lot of food stock, now we have breads and grains, which is a big chunk of the food pyramid. <laughs> If anybody remembers that from grade school, right? All of a sudden, there are farmers in places around the world that are scrambling to start planting bread, like grain, wheats, in order to recoup the amount of volume that Ukraine supplies the world with. And it is not a small amount. So all of these things that now are giving rise to more fear, more uncertainty, more doubt, more threatens, like threats to our security means that people are looking to hoard money, to take money, okay? To keep their money safe. Now, safe is a relative term. But when people move out of um, fear and emotion, which I will say a lot of the market operates out of this way. So if you're doing that right now, no judgment, it's okay. This is human nature because we are built to survive. We are built to make sure that we make it through the droughts, the famines, the wars, the plagues, the pestilence, like you name it, right? Because we are trying to preserve ourselves. And the people that mean the most to us, our businesses, our clients, our families, our friends, the people that we care about. So if you have felt a little bit of this, like 
I want to contract. I want to you know, pull in. I want to rein in my spending. I want to rein in certain things. Again, could depend on your risk tolerance as well. But this volatility of the market is creating a lot of uncertainty. And so areas where you may have felt like I could go and put my money here, no longer feel safe, that is speaking to the macro economy. That's, that's speaking to the macro environment, okay? Because it kind of feels like no matter where you turn, there really is no place for you to go and put your money. That may or may not be true, okay? But it's still valid. If you feel this way, I honor you. I respect that that is something that you very much feel is real. And it is real. That being said, you can shift this. Hopefully, I've given you some help right here, right now, between video number two and video number three. And if you're going to be investing or already invested in crypto, then video number three is going to help you enormously as well. So my observations. What goes what goes up must come down, but what comes down will also go back up. It's just a matter of when and where. Here are some things that you need to be aware of, and this will also fall in line with video number three in crypto, okay? So if you're thinking, Susan, I'm out of the market, I'm just going to stop here, don't, because <laughs> these principles are going to be really, really helpful for you to keep in mind as you think about your crypto investments as well, okay? So... Here's some things that I want you to think about. Because remember, I'm gonna just draw kind of a, mm, a bit of a bell curve, I think, okay? That was totally crooked. It should look symmetrical. Just pretend that it's symmetrical. Okay, so whatever is your percent here for your volatility, I want you to put on this scale, okay? So are you okay with your money going plus or minus 5%, 10%, 15%, 100%, 1,000%? And again, it does not have to be all or nothing, okay? It can be for some. Now... As a risk profile, you're looking at, we look at overall, okay? But your individual portfolios could have very different risk profiles. You, again, depending on the goal that you have. If you have something that is for short-term, maybe you're saving to um, pay for your wedding. That's in like, oh gosh, I just saw somebody share that they had been over-leveraged in crypto, but this applies for any investment because I've seen it across the board in my history had borrowed and uh, was in the, um, they may have been in futures actually, now that I think about it, but regardless, the investment is not important. It went down and he's getting married in two weeks and now he has nothing and he borrowed $10,000 to do this. And he's like, I can't tell my would-be wife because she's gonna freak out and this will be the end. Like, I can't start my life this way. I don't know if he borrowed this money in order to pay for his wedding, but with a two week time horizon, really and truly, you're looking at very, very little volatility. Really, you want zero volatility, right? Like if, if <laughs> and again, it's going to depend on you. So not financial advice, you need to know you. 
would you be okay if you needed to pay for something two weeks from now and you didn't have all the money, right? If you had to pay for a car in two weeks, you ordered it, it's coming, and you had to pay, let's say it's $100,000, $10,000 for this car, and you don't have that money in the bank, that will tell you how much of this you're willing to take. Now, typically, the further out the time horizon, the more risk that you're able to handle. But it depends on you. What I always like to say is, and, and this is a great litmus test right now. Can you sleep at night right now? If you're sleeping like a baby, don't even worry about any of this stuff. Amazing. It means that more than likely the four key questions that we talked about in video number one, you have properly assessed or identified and you're good, right? You don't really need to change anything. You may need to, to rebalance a couple of things, but by and large, if you have invested in things that make sense to you, that you believe in, that fit your risk tolerance, that fit your goals and your objectives and your time horizon, that it, it fits for your profile, then no changes are required. You may need to do some minor shuffling around because anytime the, the markets shift, there's a good time to rebalance. If markets are up, you should be rebalancing as well because you can take some profits and reallocate to things because not everything is going up at the same time, okay? Not everything is going up at the same time. Oftentimes, not everything goes down at the same time. They're not directly correlated one-to-one. -one. That being said, it may feel like everything is going down at the same time because you are looking at either the charts continuously or hearing the news. And I will say the news usually only reports on the doom and gloom. So if you're going to be doing your own investing, really look at reputable sources, understand what you're looking at, and don't look at it more frequently than what you need to change your behavior. Because if you're following your plan and you've identified these four different criteria, then you don't need to look at it more frequently. More frequently will only make you more stressed. If Because remember the chart that I showed you, day-to-day, -day, it's doing this thing. You do not need to subject yourself to the volatility if you know that over the long term, whatever that looks like for you, that I'm okay with this pendulum going like this or like this, like really wide. Looking at it every single day, it's going to do its daily thing. But over time, just like the escalator, it's still going to go and do what you want it to do. Okay, based off of your risk. Okay, so when we think about what's going on right now, Here's my observation. People are forgetting the fundamentals of basic investment principles. This is not rocket science. This is not super complicated. These are things that have been around for centuries, okay? For as long as the stock market has been in place, people have been investing, people have been making money, people have been losing money, people have been doing all kinds of things that make no sense whatsoever until you understand how people behave. People want to do certain things based off of fundamentals, but because there's fear and doubt, uncertainty, and just this desire to stay safe and to preserve yourself, to withdraw and contract as opposed to expand, and then based off of your individual preferences and your risk tolerances, right? The, the things that you will change about yourself, you're going to react in a certain way. There is groupthink 
and there is market sentiment to be aware of. So when the markets drop, you have to be very, very disciplined in knowing yourself to detach from what's going on around you and to say, that does not fit my risk profile. And I'm educated enough that I believe in the value of what I've hold, like what I've invested in, that it's still a good decision for me. Now, if you get different investment information, meaning like the uh, investments that you've invested in are not solid, there's been a shift in the market. There's been a shift in their business practices. There's been a shift in something that means that that basis of your decision is no longer sound or solid, then absolutely you need to make a change and, and a shift, right? And that, that could be partly what was happening. But by and large, the market is just doing what it's going to do because of these two major things that are going on. Now, of course, regionally, there's going to be changes and there may be other things that are going on for you, depending on where you are in the world. But as a global economy, these two things are causing concerns across the board, across the board. And let's face it, as, um, as somebody who's in Canada, as somebody who's in North America, and really as somebody who lives as a global uh, person, the U.S. is still, by and large, a major player in the global economic world. And that means that when things happen for the US, it impacts and ripples out to all the other countries, especially in the developed world. And then it will start impacting the um, non-developed world. So, gosh, I hope this was helpful. This is probably more than I was planning to go over, but I just felt led to share. If this was helpful for you, please make sure that you comment below any of your questions so I can ensure that if it's something that I can answer, that I can either create a new video or answer you right then and there or give you some help and, and guidance with resources that might be helpful for what you're trying to figure out. Again, not financial advice. This is based off of just straightforward education, information, principles, not a recommendation for what you should or shouldn't be investing in. That is up to you to decide based off of now your own educated kind of guess, but really and truly making choices based off of information that is the most appropriate to you to align yourself with your intentions, your goals, and how you prefer to operate in the world. Okay, so video number three is coming right at you is going to link up below. So video number one, if you missed it, go back and listen to it. It was the four key questions that you need to ask yourself when you are making investment decisions. And if you're working with an investment advisor, they should have asked you these four things first. In fact, by law, they kind of are required because it's part of know your, know your client, um, which is a compliance piece. Video number three, we're talking about crypto. We're talking about cryptocurrency. We're talking about what's going on in crypto, what just happened. That volatility, what you need to know, what you can learn, and I'm going to break it down, whether you're already invested in it or you're thinking about investing in it and you're wondering if is now a good time, I'm going to break that all down for you over in video number three. Come and join me. Hit that like and subscribe button. Share this with somebody else that this could benefit for. Um, super happy to have you here and I'll see you over in the next video. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.